we get started, welcome everybody. We hope, uh, we hope you guys are having an awesome time at this art conference. My name is Daniel. Uh, my wife, Autumn, and I um, just planted Anthem Church uh, just six months ago in Long Beach. So we're just about 35 minutes west of here. Uh, we believe in art. We believe in the family. We believe in the model. Um, super excited uh, to have Chad Fisher with us this, uh, this afternoon. He, uh, he planted uh, an art church, 199, actually, seven years ago. Um, super successful. God's doing a lot of amazing things with them. They have four campuses. Um, but what really sticks out to me is that he's, he's been doing this for seven years. So I, I'm just excited to hear some experience, some wisdom. So with that, Chad, welcome. You guys, welcome, Chad. Thank you. Uh, also, uh, we have Kindred in the room, and so uh, Kindred is going to share uh, at the end, just a few minutes, uh, just a, a, a great online giving platform, all-around giving platform. Um, so if, if you're not doing online giving, if you don't, if you don't have a great digital giving platform, I would uh, definitely recommend them. Um, let me share with you just real quick a little bit of my story. Um, I think context matters. Um, and I, I'm curious, too, how many, um, how many planters do we have in the room? Church planters, okay? Lead pastors and everybody else. Okay, good. Um, well, I uh, my, my story, I grew up in the church, and uh, in my early 20s, uh, became disenfranchised with the church. Um, I think probably like a lot of young adults do, struggling to find my place in the church, um, seeing a little bit of, uh, seeing a little bit of, um, we talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk. My, my personal context, my story. Um, and I remember asking the Lord, at 20 years old, um, where is your presence? Where is your spirit? Why are we losing this entire generation? My friends were just falling away from Christ left and right. Um, and why can't I find a place in your church? And why can't we walk this thing out like we talk about wanting to? And it was in that moment where the Lord began to birth in me the desire to start something. I didn't quite know what start that meant, but I would find out years later that it was start a church. Took a job uh, in the meantime as a youth pastor and worship leader in a, in a local church, Toledo, Ohio. And uh, toward, my, toward the end of my, my tenure as a youth pastor... Um, we, we started just changing up how we did ministry. I started to um, think about, you know, how the church could be more generous, how we could be more outward focused, how we could do more beyond the walls of the local church. And um, we took uh, our youth group on um, the first missions trips that our church had taken in probably a decade. Uh, it just wasn't part of the culture there. But we, we ended up taking 76 kids uh, on three missions trips. Thailand, New Orleans, and New York City. And uh, in about a three-month span leading up to that, we had raised $100,000 for these missions trips. And uh, at the direction of our pastor, it all had to be raised outside of the church. So we weren't allowed to rely on anyone inside the church to raise that money. Uh, but we saw God just do an incredible thing. Uh, when we got back, I came to uh, my pastor, and I said, um, Man, Pastor, we took 76 kids this year on missions trips. Next year, we're taking 300. We raised 100000 this year on missions trips. Next year, we're raising a half a million. I mean, I'm, I'm like ready to go, just thinking this is the most incredible thing I, 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 I could think. And, um, and I'll never forget what I heard from him. And uh, again, I didn't think that I would ever plant a church, but, but he, he looked me in the eye and he said, you'll never know how much money you sucked out of the church through these missions trips. And 
to my knowledge, we'd only raise it outside the church, but there were parents of kids that ended up giving and there were some things. And, and uh, I remember I asked a question first. I said, Pastor, we, we were getting ready to, uh, to, to, to launch a campaign to build a, uh, an auditorium that was a lot bigger than the one that we were currently in. And, and I said, Pastor, do you think that we're going to build this auditorium faster because we gave? And he said, you don't pay the bills. And I remember just, again, not knowing that I would ever plant a church. I just sat there, and in my own mind, I, I had this conversation with the Lord. And, and I said, Lord, if, if ever I stand in those shoes, I want to put you to the test. I don't pay the bills. I don't, I don't know what it's like to carry the burden of being a lead pastor. But um, I, I, I have this feeling that we cannot outgive you, and I just want to I I try. I want to see what this is all about. Well, um, we uh, didn't stay long, and um, we met Ark. And uh, we started to really see what life-giving was all about. I remember uh, being in Pastor Rick Bizet's church uh, for the first time and calling my wife and saying, life-giving, it's not just a, a word that people use. Life-giving is real. Like, there are churches that are life-giving. And we were our church plant number 199. Um, we, we launched in April 2011. And what's really cool is I was thinking about that story is just this Sunday, we just did a sign unveil or a sign reveal on a $15 million, uh, 1400 seat brand new auditorium that our church gets to open the doors to in just a few weeks. Um, as I, I'm, as I'm thinking about this, aren't we going to build this auditorium faster? Uh, man, we, this is the first time that we get to have been able to build something from the ground up. We have four locations today. Um, Last year, uh, in the last year of a financial campaign to pay for this building, we still were able to give more than a million dollars beyond the walls. Um, in the first five years of our church, we were able to give five million dollars beyond the wall. So we're starting a church from scratch. Um, we had 40 people on our launch team. You know, we're, we're trying to like we're counting every penny. There were there were days where we couldn't afford payroll. Uh, I mean, it was like this is crazy. We don't have money in the bank, but. We made generosity a priority from day one because I really did want to put it to the test. I wasn't kidding when I had that conversation with the Lord. And so one of the things we did was from day one, we said, <coughs> we're going we're gonna to establish that 20% of our budget is going to go beyond the walls. And that's just the starting point. I think year one, it was like 30-something, 30 34%. Um, I think the average in, in the first five years was closer to 31 32%. But our goal was day one, we're going we're gonna to double tithe as a church because if, if I'm going to teach the tithe to people in the church, and, and, and lead the way with radical generosity. And that's, that's why this session is called Leading the Way, um, because we can create culture and we can, we can come up with systems, but if we're not leading the way and we're not showing people what generosity looks like, we're not, you can't expect people to follow. So it has to start with us. So we said 40 or 20% of our budget uh, every, every year is going to go beyond the walls to local, global missions and outreach. And one of the things that you, you would hear from somebody if they, they are a part of Rock City Church, whether it's, it's their first few weeks or they've been here for years, if you say, what, what do you love about this church? You're not going to likely hear, I love the pastor, uh, uh, such great messages, the music's awesome. I mean, those things are, are, are real. I like all of those. Um, but what you're going to hear nine times out of 10 is I love that we're a generous church. I love that we have a heart for our city. I love that we do so much for, for global missions. I love that we're able to make a difference. It, it's, it's generosity is by and large, the number one thing that people will say, um, who are a part of our church as to why they love being a part of, of the local church. 
And so again, um, just 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 as we, we began to model that, I talked, to, uh, I share with you that we're, we're about ready to open the doors to our first ground up uh, build. But three years ago, when we kicked off our financial campaign, we were we were laying out all the, the ideas and and we hired the guy to help us with the strategy. And so we came up with this plan. We're going to build this thing. Right before we launched it out, weeks before we were ready to launch it out, uh, we had an opportunity. Someone came to us that we had been already serving in our community for years, an elder couple um, that had been serving our city for 30 years, doing inner city ministry. We were supporting them. We, we were paying one of their uh, their, their children's pastors, every, like his salary every week, just looking for organizations to support. And this whole idea of succession came up. And, and then uh, basically the idea of, um, hey, we can give you this facility. Would you like to put a church here and have a permanent campus here? And what about this three-story building that's attached to it? Would you like to turn that into a dream center? Wow. And uh, it's like, well, yes, but we are about to launch a campaign to build something. And uh, this isn't in the plan, and it's going to cost a whole lot of money to do this now. And, and we might do this now, but it's going to make that thing maybe take longer. And... Um, I, I, I'm so grateful that we listened to the Lord, even though we were scared. And I'll, I will say this generosity sometimes will scare you. And it just isn't going to make sense because you're going to have plans and they may even be God plans because the building we're about to open. I believe that was God's plan. It was God's plan from the start. But before we started that right before we started, that, we had an opportunity that was also a God opportunity. I think it was a little bit of a test from him. Um, do you want to really follow me or you do you want just to always get your way and do what you, you want to do? Our dream center um, that we were able to launch just a few years ago, I mean, we, we served 70,000 meals out of that space this last year. We have an after-school program. We do an adopt-a-block ministry, homeless ministry, family ministry, laundry, shower facilities out of that space. We offer free medical care twice a, a week. Just doing incredible stuff. But I'm telling you, the million and a half dollars that we invested to launch a dream center in a, in a permanent campus in the heart of our city that disrupted the flow of our capital campaign strategy is the reason that we were able to raise over eight million dollars just in the last few years to uh, to get this project started. And I, I really believe that that investment into the heart of our city, even though it was a little bit of a scare for us, was was a huge step for our church toward um, the outpouring of generosity that we've seen just over the past few years. And so um, what I've found it, it, as, as, I, you know, as I've had the opportunity to lead a church for the last seven years is that being generous never slows down the vision. It will always accelerate it. But my fear every step of the way has been if we do this, what are we not going to be able to do? <laughs> and that's just me. Uh, that's just my human nature. You're going to wrestle with this. You're going to see an opportunity to be generous and you're going to think to yourself, if we do this, what will we not do? What you can't see yet is when you do this, if it's the Spirit of God leading you, you will end up doing more than you ever dreamed of doing, faster than you ever dreamed of doing it. And that the more generous we are, it doesn't slow us down. It creates forward movement and momentum in your church like you could have never created any way else. And so leading the way with radical generosity, um, we lead. Leading is what leaders do. If, if you want to have a generous church, you want to have a generous family, you, you better be a generous leader because generous churches are always led by generous leaders and leaders set the pace, leaders set the example. And so um, one of the things that, that we do, we, we call this the generosity cycle, and I'll, I'll kind of keep going back to this, but it, it's pretty easy. It's how we think about generosity in our, in our church. We, we say it like this. We say we, we talk about it. So we, we say it, 
That's cycle point number one. We do it, number two. So we model it, we say it, we talk about it, number one. We do it, we model it, number two, and then we celebrate what we just did and what we modeled. That's number three. That, that's for us, it's, it's the cycle of generosity. We talk about it, we teach it, we, talk, we, we let people know, listen, generosity, generous is the heart of God. Generous isn't something we do. Generous is who we are as believers. We're called to be the most generous people on the planet. And, um, and because God has been so generous to us, like we get to be generous back and we get to advance his kingdom and make heaven full every time we give. So generosity is what we do. Then we, then we do it. So as a church, we model generosity, and I'll share with you some of the ways that we do that very practically, and hopefully, uh, like, like I, early on in our church plant, would hear ideas of what people were doing beyond the walls, and I just took those ideas and implemented them in the, in the church. Sometimes they were ideas that pastors had who were leading churches that were farther down the road than us, and they weren't sure how to implement such a radical idea, but because we were so young and didn't have hardly any money, we could just implement it from day one, and then it makes it easier along the way. Um, I hope that maybe some of these ideas could be practical ideas that you would take to your church in, in your city, and then we constantly celebrate what we've done. We, we, we show the church how the giving of the house is making a difference, so we say it, we do it, and we celebrate it. Um, what I thought would be a cool idea is um, the reason I handed you the, this card is um, this is something my wife put together. She's way smarter than me. Um, but this is a say-do assessment, and you can use this assessment in any area of ministry, any part of your life. We just, um, we're going to use this as it relates to generosity today because I think before we dive into some practical implementations of how to, how to lead the way with generosity, it's really good to understand where you're at. Like, where are you? And so we're all going to be in a different place, but I, I want to walk you through this, and, and, and hopefully you'll be able to identify as a leader personally and then as an organization, where, where is our church at as it relates to this? And um, the, if, you, if you notice, there, there's the say line uh, on the left, and then there's the do line on the right, and there's four quadrants. So I'm just going to kind of run through these real quick, and you can, you can kind of figure out where you're at probably pretty quickly. The, the bottom left quadrant, it says we don't say and we don't do. That's low, you're, you're scoring low on the say line and you're scoring low on the do line. Probably not too many churches or leaders in this room in this category, right? Um, if, you're, if you're in this quadrant, you're not saying, so you're not challenging the church to give, you're not talking about giving, you're afraid to talk about money, um, you don't know how to address the, the idea of being generous, people don't understand tithing. It's just like, this isn't something we do. Um, but we also don't do a whole lot as a church. And, and like, we're not really doing much beyond the walls. We're very inward focused. Um, I heard the, the pastor John, John, just a moment ago, he did a session and he was talking about this generation, how people think like millennials, like just real stingy people and all this, but really it's, it's not that way. This generation that's coming up, they're already generous. They're already giving, and, and I think it's the easiest season ever for the church to engage people in giving because people are already giving. They're just looking for opportunities. Uh, so like as a pastor, my job isn't to convince people, at least the younger generation, to give. My job is just to steward them and to sort of funnel them and to, and to focus them. But anyway, you're probably not there. Uh, I hope you're not there. You got to talk about it, and uh, you need to be doing something. But if you're not talking about it or doing anything, then then you you uh, you suck. So you're you're way down there. Um, now now down down into the right means that you're you're high do, but you're low to say. You, you you're doing a lot as a church, and this is probably where a lot of churches are. You're you're doing a lot, 
as a church, but people don't know it. And I, I honestly, I find a lot of ministries in this. It's like when you really sit down with the, leader, the leadership and you're like, okay, so you want to be more generous. What are you doing? And you, they start listing all these things that they're doing. You're like, man, this is incredible. It's like, why, why aren't people more engaged? Well, like what, what do they not see? Well, they don't see it. They, we don't talk about it. We, we're not engaging people. Um, we're, we're doing a ton. Just nobody knows about it. We, we, we're not taking pictures. We're not taking, we're not capturing the moment. We're not reminding people like after an event, like how that event actually did make a difference. So we're doing a lot. We're just not talking about it. Um, then you have uh, up into the left, and, and that means your, your high say, but your low do. And that, that's like the church that you go to where they're always preaching money, 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 give, 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 give. But then you sit there and you're wondering, what is my giving actually doing? Right. And then uh, w- w- in my context, when I was in ministry for five and a half years of one church, like I never saw how much an offering was like I never saw any dollars. We never saw an annual report like we didn't know how much we were giving to missions. We didn't know how many people even attended the church. Like clearly either the metrics were just like nobody knew them or they weren't as good as the leaders wanted them to be. And they knew that people would actually be ashamed of them. And so they didn't share them. Um, and I think that 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 could be a, a place where you might find yourself in too, where it's like, man, we're just so strapped with our building, or we, we're just we had to spend so much on our our staff, and man, if people knew how how much we had to spend on this, like, so maybe we shouldn't talk about it at all because I, I and and that's not a good place either because generosity really requires transparency. I think to to create a generous culture, you have to be transparent. So you might be there, um, but where you want to be is is up and to the right, and and if you're thinking about giving in a church, like that's what you want your your attendance to look like, your giving to look like, up and to the right, everything pointing always up and to the right. That's the goal. Um, up and to the right means we live out the generosity cycle. We, we talk about giving and the heart of God being generous and how we're supposed to model the heart of God. And we, we warm the heart of God when we're serving the poor, feeding the hungry, healing the sick. We're a generous church and we talk about it and we model it and we celebrate it. And people are just, people are excited about, they're, they're saying, this is what I love about our church because I get to see what we do together and, um, and I get to celebrate it and I get to invite people to join me in it. And so that's the, that's the say to assessment. Hopefully you've identified at least where you are. And, um, and, and I just want to give you some ideas of what we do and then some practical things that maybe you can take home with you. So some practical things that we do is we make generosity a part of every message. Um, it just really flows easy for me as the lead pastor. So we actually do very few giving messages. Um, like I don't think of it as like, well, we need a giving series. No, I, I think of it's, I, to me, it's hard to do any message on any topic without mentioning generosity somehow, some way. Because if we believe that, that for God so loved the world he gave... Then, then you're not, generosity isn't just asking people for money. Gen, generosity, it, it is the heart of God. So if you're preaching the heart of God every week, then you're teaching people what it looks like to be generous. It's, it's a way of life, right? It, it's, a, it's a heart thing. It's, it's not just a money thing. It's not something we do. It's who we are. The second thing we do is we're, we're very transparent. Um, one of the things that uh, that Kindred is offering, and you'll, you'll see it on the screen as soon as your MacBook Pro wakes up again, is if you text a certain number to a certain whatever, um, you'll, you'll have uh, access to a resource page. Um, we release an annual report every year. It's very detailed. Um, it lets people see the metrics of the church. I mean, we highlight all the big numbers, the exciting stats, the all the missions and outreach that's taken place in the church. 
church. They get to see the growth of the church. They also get to see um, at, the, at the end of the report, they get to see where the money goes, how much money came in, how much money goes out, where the money goes out to. As I believe, transparency, like if you're going to have a generous church, you need to be transparent. People need to see. And when they see it, they ought to be inspired. Like that should just, that's an easy metrics. Like if you look at your own books and you're not inspired by them, then don't expect anyone else to change the way you, you uh, allocate your resources. Uh, the third thing that we do is we give people every single week the opportunity to give, right? So um, we, I'll, I'll give 90% of our offering messages. Um, we, we actually don't give the offering message time to the least gifted communicator on our staff. Um, we, we do all of our offering messages on video. We do them at the end of our service. I know that lots of churches do them different. Um, we do them at the end of our service after, uh, after the message is preached and we have a, a post-message um, worship moment. We have a video that plays, and, and on that video, it communicates two things every single week. Um, the first thing it does is it says if, if when you walk through the doors, you received a Connect card. And on that Connect card, there's a few boxes that, that you, we want you to check, and we want every person to fill out this Connect card. And the, the three reasons it's important to us is if you made a decision for Christ or you're, 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 you know the next step that, you're, that you, God is calling you to take, we want to know what that is so we can celebrate with you and we can help you, right? So if you made a decision, we want to know that. Number two, if you need prayer, any need, our team is honored to pray for you this week. Please let us know. And number three, if you're a first-time guest, we want to know who you are, how you heard about Rock City Church. And then we lead into generosity. It's, it's always the same. It's just so redundant, but we're talking to first-time guests. So they don't know it's redundant. We say we so much value the feedback of our first-time guests that for every first-time guest card turned in this weekend, we're making a $5 donation to our longstanding partner. For us, it's called the Mid-Ohio Food Bank. It's, a, it's, it's actually not, not even a Christian organization, but it's the organization in our city that supplies all of the food to basically every Christian pantry in our city and beyond. And because this organization is such a long-standing organization in our city and they have partnerships with banks and, and grocery stores, they, they can take every dollar and multiply it by five. So a $5 donation from our church for you being here for the first time is equating to a $50 bag of groceries that gets put on a, a family's table every single week. And so I say this, I say, so just by being here for the first time and participating with us today, you are being the hands and feet of Jesus. Drop the Connect card in one of the offering buckets. Is they're, they're going to be passed in just a moment. As we prepare to honor God with our giving, let me remind you that the giving of this house is making a difference. We'll, we'll usually share something simple. Maybe it's a, a, a 30, 45-second clip of a, a way that, that the generosity of this church is impacting others. But, but we're communicating giving. We're involving first-time guests. We're not giving something to you. We're actually giving for you. Like, this is who we are. We're communicating that this is a generous church. We're, we're making you feel a part. Like, man, I am going to give you some feedback. I am going to put this in the offering bucket because I like the fact that I'm feeding a family this week. And then, and then it also just breaks down. It's like, hey, we're going to pass offering buckets. We do that. Um, but it's like, hey, if I don't put any money in the bucket, that's okay. I've got a connect card. Every person's doing that. And so it, it actually, um, I, I think it makes that moment uh, a, lot, a lot easier for people. And we get to, so we're talking about generosity. We're modeling it and we're celebrating it. On the screen, it'll say, like, here's all the ways you can give. And then there's always a, there's always a little graphic that says, year to date, we've been able to provide, like, $300,000 worth of food to families in need this year. And then that, that number keeps just ticking up and up and up. And it's just, it's just a really cool, cool way for uh, us to model 
that. Um, number, number five, we, we capture every moment as a church, every outreach event, we capture it. Um, we pay photographers and video people. If we don't have them as volunteers, we will pay a professional photographer to just be at an event and to capture people's faces. Um, and you have to train your photographers because what your photographers will do if they're volunteers, they're going to get a bunch of pictures of people's backs because they're afraid to get in the moment. And it's like, no, no, no. Faces, faces, faces. We capture everything and we share it. Uh, number six, we involve as many people as possible. A lot of the outreach that we do could be done with a driver in a truck and one or two people to unload a truck. But instead of that, we'll find a way to involve two or 300 people for a job that could have been accomplished by one or two people. Because when I'm a part of the generous outreach arm of the church, like it's actually feeding me more than I'm feeding the people that, I, that I'm serving. So it's, it's really, really cool. Um, so I'm going to give you some ideas that you can maybe implement and uh, just some, some things that we've been able to do. And I, this is probably one of the more practical sessions because uh, I just I like ideas. I like doing things. Um, I just think it's real easy to know God is generous. Let's be generous. And so um, number one, when there like here's just practical ideas. Number one, when there's a disaster, respond. When there's a disaster, respond. Um, we can't. Like it's almost hard for us to, to believe what God has done in our, our city. Um, we last year when Hurricane um, what was it Hurricane the in uh, Houston Harvey Harvey it's horrible. Uh, friends in Houston Hurricane Harvey hit, and uh, two days after Harvey, we weren't seeing anything in our city. My wife woke me up. I was trying to sleep in, and uh, she woke me up and she said, "I've not seen anything." Nobody's doing anything. We always do something. But, but like, this time, we're planning on doing something. She's like, we're going to do it. But, like, there was nothing happening in our city. She said, nobody's organizing anything. We need to organize something. So within 24 hours, we had we'd called every news station, and we, we called our friends and our partners, and we, we found uh, that, that uh, NBC4 in our city was the one to really latch on to it. And they said, listen, let's, let's do something. We, we organized a citywide drive to send food and supplies to Hurricane Harvey, ended up sending several semi-trucks um, of supplies. The, the first drive, just a day or two later, was, was so successful. NBC4 came out and they said, listen, um, we can't believe the hundreds of volunteers that, that were here. Um, we can't believe how organized this thing was. We, we can't believe how, how much was actually accomplished. We need to do it again. And so how about like, I forget what day it was. How about on Friday, um, we do an NBC4 and Rock City Church Day of Giving. And let's include the Red Cross and let's do a whole citywide thing again. And, and we, we want to be a part of it this time. And so we did it again. Well, this year, uh, this hurricane just happened, Hurricane Florence, right? And um, and NBC got together with their leadership and, and somebody said, okay, what are we going to do? And uh, the director said, well, let's call Rock City and find out what they're doing. Let them take the lead and we'll follow. And so we just did a whole nother citywide day of giving with, with our local news station and the American Red Cross. Um, but, it, but it started with just like somebody has to do something. So when there's a need, if you can be the church, that you, it's not just that you do something. You, you do something, but you do it well. Like show up with the people. Like I talked to the director this week, and he said, I said, thank you so much. We love you. And he said, no, 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 no. Thank you so much. We love you. You have the people. 
Like we have the influence, we have the pull, but we've always struggled with getting the people. You had hundreds of volunteers here from six in the morning until six at night. We can't do that. So this partnership right here, we have a friend for life. Like it just blows my mind that God would give us that kind of influence in our city. But it's just because when there's a, when there's a need, meet it, right? If you don't have a lot of money in your church, use the people that you have. Bring just give people opportunities. One of the first outreach events we did as a church when we didn't have a lot of money is we found a local laundromat that let us move into that laundromat for a day. We canvassed the whole area. We made sure it was an area where there was a lot of need. We canvassed the area door to door, passing out flyers door to door saying, hey, on Saturday we're going to be at this laundromat. You bring all the clothes in your house that need cleaned and we're going to do it for you. It's going to be free. We're going to have blow up stuff for your kids, like fun stuff for your kids. We're going to have a barbecue. It's going to be games and face painting and free haircuts, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be a basic block party. Um, But we let them know days in advance, get your stuff ready, bring it and it turned into now we do laundry all over our city, right? Once a year, it's all it's like, and then that turned into now we have our own laundry facility in our dream center that we're doing it all the time. Um, but it's like you can do that. You can find a local laundromat and take as many volunteers as you can and do free laundry, uh, and then video it, capture it, show your church. More people are going to want to participate. Another thing that we implemented, it was an idea that a pastor, a mentor friend of mine had. His church was 15 years in, and they couldn't figure out how to implement it uh, as quickly as they wanted to. But it's something called one for one. Um, It's like Tom's shoes, right? You buy a pair of shoes, we're going to give a pair. Like this generation loves this. Well, we, we decided it was our first January as a church. How do we model generosity? We said, let's do one for once. So let's just let people know every week that for every person who walks through our doors every week, we're going to set aside $1 to meet a local or global need. And we do that still. So every person who walks through our doors, and at the time, we didn't know how we could afford it. Now it's like 1-30th or 1-35th of like our budget. It doesn't, like it's nothing, right? But, but it actually is something numerically. So when we started... We had like 180 people in our church or 220 people in our church. That week, that meant $220 was going to a single mom who needed her her pantry filled. Um, And when a single mom would write a, a thank you note back to the church, guess what? With her permission, we were reading that thank you note to the church. And then what would happen is $221 this week, church, and uh, I need to read you this. Before I could get to the lobby, I'd have two or three people stopping me saying, how much was that again? Okay, here's a check. I want you to do it again. Or here, here's a check. I want to cover that. Every time we did that, another time um, we had a police officer in our church that was serving, and um, we just through relationship found out that they were using our police drug task force in Columbus was using equipment from World War II. Like, it just was horrible. And uh, so we said, how much would it cost to buy you new equipment? And he's like, well, I can find out. We got the number. And, and that may have been an instance where we said, hey, church, we're taking four weeks worth of one for one. We're going to take the month of July. And for every person who walks through these doors every day, every week, we're going to give a one dollar. We're going to set aside one dollar to meet this need. We're buying brand new tactical gear for, gear for the police force. They're, the police chief came out to our church, presented our church with like a plaque and like just wanted to honor the people. It was like one of the biggest wins that it was on the news, like newspapers writing about it. Like what, what kind of a church is going to buy tactical gear for a police force? That just normally doesn't work like that. But people were able to see that something as simple as one for one, you start small. You start finding, how do we spend $100, $200? How do we give $300? 
How do we give $1,000? And then as, as our church has grown, one-for-one dollars have grown. So now just a portion of our one-for-one, because we'll take like three months' worth of one-for-one, and we'll fund a, a medical clinic in San Salvador. We pay a full-time doctor and medical assistant. Um, just a portion of one-for-one is, is fully funding 39 pastors today uh, in, in the Middle East, in India, who literally their full support, everything they need to, to, to supply, provide for their families and their ministries. We're able to pay for that, and it's only costing the church, if you will, a, a few months' worth of that one-for-one one because those, as the church grows numerically, those dollars grow numerically, and you get, you get the opportunity to be more creative as to what you put those dollars to. Um, another cool idea is we started with one school a few years ago. We said uh, one school, we're going to just bless a, 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 an at-need school with, uh, by, by giving lunch to all the teachers and administrators. We're going to do that one, one school. And uh, we took volunteers. We set up their lunchroom. We gave them a meal just one time. And all the teachers got a little gift card for Amazon. We said, use it on you. Use it in your classroom. Whatever you want to use it for. No strings attached. One school. The next year, we did a handful of schools, maybe five or six schools. Um, I think we're four years in now. This year, uh, Chick-fil-A saw what we were doing. I think last year was like 16 schools we did. Um, <laughs> went from like 16 schools last year to, with Chick-fil-A's help, we just served every school in the Columbus City school system, 116 schools. Chick-fil-A brought their bus from Atlanta so they could mass produce the meals. We had hundreds of volunteers pulling through our Dream Center parking lot, making it to every school. And then it wasn't just drop off sandwiches and leave. Every school had a group of volunteers there, set it up beautifully, served the teachers. We gave the schools gift cards. So now every teacher has access to like a way bigger amount of a pot of money that they can use on their classrooms, do whatever you want. Chick-fil-A told us, hey, 116 schools in Columbus. What if we do greater Columbus next year? That's like 360 schools. They said, we want to do that with you. So next year we're planning on doing 360 schools in greater Columbus. And they're bringing both their trucks from Atlanta. Really cool. Same thing happened with backpacks. We started with one school. Started giving shoes at Christmas and backpacks before before school. Started in one school. The next year, we went to two or three schools. The next year, maybe it was like 10 schools. This year, through our partnership with NBC4 because of the hurricane last year, they said, hey, we know you guys are giving backpacks. What if we use our influence citywide and we spend the next month getting people to bring backpacks full of supplies. We want to provide 55,000 kids, all the kids in all the schools, backpack full of supplies. And so we're really close to accomplishing that. And again, it was like last year, we did like 30 backpack schools. This year, all of them, 55,000. And what's amazing is it's because NBC4 is getting the city to pay for it, but they want the church to distribute it. That's all the church ever is anyway. We're the conduit. That's it. Like, I don't have to build the buildings. I don't have to like figure out how to buy all the backpacks like we're just the conduit so now we've got like our city giving through the church because they see how powerful it is so really cool um i would just encourage you to find local organizations that you can support um we 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 really worked hard from day one to to find organizations that we could support um we never want to recreate the wheel if we don't have to so the reason we have a dream center today is because we found an organization that we believed in and we started supporting them. 
And then through three years of support, it turned into, hey, I think you need to take this over. Hey, what if you turn this into a dream center? Hey, what if you put a church here? I thought our church in in the short north, which is where this is, I I thought literally we'd have 100 people a weekend in the church because it's an old church. It has pews. We renovated it, but we kept the pews. There's no parking. It's, it's It's like in the heart of our city. And I told our team that, you know, that campus will probably have 100 people, but the dream center is worth it. Well, the Dream Center was worth it. We have between twelve and 1,500 people a weekend at that location, so I was a little off in my math. Um, but it's just, it started with how can we help you, sending volunteers, and then financially supporting them, and then, hey, you need someone full-time for those kids. What if we took a portion of our one-for-one dollars and paid the salary for your, you know, full-time kids director? Man, it just you never know what God's going to do when you, st- when you find the, the, the people in your city that are already working hard. There's a lot of people in your city that are doing um, amazing work. They just don't have the resources and the people that you have. This church that we, that we inherited, it was down to like 12 people. I mean, it was nothing. But what we got in return was we got a mom and a pop on our team. We got a 90-year-old couple associate pastors that joined our staff. So we got 18-year-olds on our staff. And we got 90-year-olds on our staff. And it's just like... The, it just so much looks like like the church. It's it's amazing. Um, let me see. I kind of I could kind of keep sharing um, ideas, but uh, I want I want to make sure that we give time for questions and stuff. And so I'm I think I'm just going to call it a day uh, with that. And then I want to leave room for some some questions and answers. Um, and, uh, one more thing, and then uh, I'm going to give it over to you for a second. And then we can do Q and A. Um, this Ark didn't ask me to do this. I have no idea. I'm going to say this, but last at our east coast um we were coming into our seventh year and um i i heard pastor chris say you know he talked about investing in your inheritance i don't know if any of you heard this but i was sitting in ark and uh they were telling us you know tomorrow night we're going to take an offering and i had this thought in my, my my head i thought okay our church wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Ark. we need to do something and it's our seventh year, and uh, the, the number 70,000 came up in my head. So I text our operations pastor, and I said, hey, I feel like maybe we should give 70,000 to ARC. Um, what would that do? <laughs> can we do it? Um, and uh, what was really cool is he texts me back, and he says, um, we, yes, we can do that. And um, he goes, how cool is it that someday there's going to be another zero at the end of that? But it doesn't end. so... So my wife was with me. I was afraid to say it to her. So we went back to the hotel that night, and I didn't say anything. And as I was laying in bed, I had this thought, and it was, must have been the Spirit of God. Don't hide behind a generous church. So leading the way with generosity means we lead the way. Don't think you're generous, because it's going to feel real good for you to give 70000 on behalf of Rock City Church, but that's not you. And so I just heard, don't hide behind a generous church. I've since preached that message to our church. Uh, and so for me, um, we had just bought a house, and we had a bunch of furniture we wanted to buy, and um, I knew that our savings wasn't as right where it needed to be, but um, I thought if, if I can give 10% of that, so if, if we're going to give 70000 as a church, what if I give 7000 myself personally? And, I, and for us, it was 7000 that we just, I, I knew we, we had it, but it was going to ruin some things. And so I finally got the courage to tell my wife. And um, that next morning, and 
when I told her, I said, can we do it? She goes, no, we can do it. If God told you to, we're going to. She goes, uh, but, but you, just need to, you just need to know. I don't want to hear you talk about what we don't have in our house for the next whatever. And I said, well, I'm not going. She goes, no, but you, you know, you're always thinking about what you don't have. And you need to like that, the, the couch that you want, you're not going to get that. And the, the stuff on the deck, like we're not going to be able to furnish everything right now. And, and I was like, why are you saying this to me? She's like, well, because I just need you to know. I'm like, listen, I, I didn't even want to tell you because you're making this not fun. Generosity is supposed to be fun and now I'm fighting with you and she's like I'm not fighting with you I'm just this is real life people like it's like this is sometimes how it feels then I didn't even want to do it because now I'm like maybe it wasn't God because I do want that couch um but it was like now I'm fighting but it was no it, for me it was like no if, if we do this as a church then I need to have skin in the game too so I would encourage you as well a lot of these ideas are great like they're they, they can be systematically integrated into the life of your church and it's going to be awesome and you will be able to talk about like we are a generous church just make sure when you say we it is we that that's big so uh kendra and then q a after her thank you guys uh my name is chaley oh sorry about that let me it's all right open it up um we provide digital giving for churches there is a number on the screen if you text uh the word resources to the number you're going to get a lot of resources from pastor chad uh annual his annual report which is fantastic his contact information and a lot of resources from kindred um, one thing that we provide uh arc churches is 12 months free um, we, I would love to talk to you or answer any questions that you have, but we really believe in the power of church plants and we want to help you out. So you get 12 months uh, free of our digital giving. And, and what that includes is um, a bunch of different tools for you to have in your toolbox to meet different people right where they're at. That's what we want to do. We want to, we want to kind of combine your your church's goal of being generous with tools that actually allow people to be generous. Um, so, you know, we've got text giving for someone who's sitting in service but doesn't carry cash or checks to be able to give instantly within a minute. So with Hurricane Harvey, you can have, hey, there's a number on the screen, text any amount with the keyword Harvey and give instantly. And we just saw that just blow up around Harvey. So you, it's tools for you to say, here's our vision, and here's a very easy way for you to give towards your vision. Um, we've got uh, online giving, which you can put uh, in you know, social media posts. We've got, uh, you can put them in, in your uh, emails, um, anywhere you want someone to be able to give. And we are also really excited to announce that we're going to be offering an app November 1. So, um, our, our system is, is extremely uh, cost-effective. After the 12 months free, we've got a $15 a month plan and a $45 a month plan for all of your digital giving. Uh, so it's, we want your church dollars to stay within the kingdom work and not go towards software, right? So uh, very, very cost-effective. But um, one thing I really I wanted to mention today is that, uh, and this kind of piggybacks off of what uh, Pastor Chad said, but... You know, you need to make it consistently and uh, clearly clear to your churches, to your congregation, how to give. It's got to be in front of them consistently and clearly. So um, we we provide you in 
part of the resources is a, is a slide for you to download, which just says, hey, here are the different ways to give to our church that you're welcome to edit and to customize and use. A lot of churches use that slide every Sunday during the giving portion of their service. But I like to see it added to bulletins if you do it, you know, um, talked about from the stage on your website, on your giving page. Here are the different ways to give to our church. So it's in front of them. So when that giving moment comes or when they are led to give throughout the week, they can very, very easily pull up that information and give whatever way is, is easy for them. So that's all I have. Would love to do some Q&A. If you guys have any for either Pastor Chad or myself. So I have a question. Yes. Yes. Um, when you do the text to give, is yeah. there a way to delineate how much you want to go to which fund? Yes. So you can, uh, there's a couple different ways you can do that, but you can say I want to give X amount to this fund and X amount to this fund. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're one for one. So basically, you, you're committing, in addition to people's giving, you give a dollar per every person that attends on a weekend. Mm-hmm. Yes, one dollar every person. If you, if every, you could, every week. Every week, every person. Every year. Every year, <laughs> always. Um, and and honestly, it's, it's, it. For, is that part of your giving budget? Or like, is that part of like, if you set up that it is, 20%? Yes, yeah, so mm-hmm, yeah, okay. it's a it's just it's a part of that, but it's a it, it becomes a something easy and tangible for people to think about. Um, and then you'll have like the homeless person on the street that comes in, and they'll they'll find a way to give a dollar to like you know pay for their seat or whatever. We don't we don't ask people to do that, but like it is amazing to think about like my seat my seat's worth something to someone, um, and, and and really no, no matter the size of your church. So if your church is is has a hundred people. Like that's a hundred dollars. Like a hundred dollars for someone is going to make that. That's going to be a very personal need that's met. And if you and if you can, if you're able to share how how that hundred dollars really minister to a person, that's just going to be huge. And you can expect someone to say, "I want to give a hundred dollars to either cover that, or I, I, let's let's give that same family double or triple, and I'm paying for that." And then as your church grows, you know, it might be ten thousand dollars a weekend. Um, you know, and like, what can you do at $10,000 a week? But as your church grows, if that's how many people you have on a weekend, well, your budget's bigger too. It really, it's one for one is still one for one. So whatever you're giving per person is, it's still a very small portion of your total giving. It's not going to like, it's not going to hurt you. It's going to, it's going to help everything. Is, is your giving talk, is it pretty much like Pastor Chris teaches it? You'd be basically showing people what your church is generally Basically, doing? Yes. Yeah. And I, and I say, as we, as we prepare to honor God with our giving, it's like, I almost just say like, this is just, this is what we do. So if you're here and you're like, well, I'm not really there yet. Well, I mean, this is just what we do. So how does that, that work? So you, you wrap up the sermon, probably give a salvation call. Yep. Salvation call. And then on the video, you receive the cards and all of that. Yeah. And you do the giving moment. We, we usually, uh, we'll, we usually end our, our message with, with some sort of worship. So I just like I like to worship out of the out of the word, and then when people are our worship pastor say you can be seated, and as soon as they're seated, there's a video that comes up and it speaks to you, hey when you walk through the doors you receive this card here's three reasons why it's important you can drop your card in the offering bucket just by participating for the first time you're being the hands and feet of Jesus whether you wanted to be or not you are you're, you're making a difference and as we prepare to honor God with our giving because those buckets are about to come by so we're like like letting people know um, here's here's how 
we're making a difference. Um, and then our band just plays a little music while the offering buckets go. And, you know, we, we only let that, that moment last for a minute or so. Like offering buckets are being passed. We just make sure we have enough of them so we can get it done quick. Um, if there's any promo video for the next week, we might, we'll show that there, or if not, our campus pastors will just walk straight out on stage after about a minute of offering buckets going, and they'll say, hey, three things before you go. So glad you're here. Boom, boom, boom. We always, uh, our announcements are at the very end, too, because we don't like to, we don't like to, there to be a break between, like, worship and the word. So what is it at the very end? Three things before you go. Boom, boom, boom. Let me pray for you. Bam. See you next week. Just a very clean end to, to a service. You end with, like, probably a prayer for salvation. Hey, raise your hand. So you, you give them a time to respond. Yeah, during the message, when I, when I preach a message, yeah, at the end of every message, um, you know, I say, hey, bow your head, close your eyes, and I give people an opportunity to receive Christ. How we know who does it, though, is if they fill out a card, which is, which is, which is really cool because now you're not just counting hands. You're actually looking at, you know, James said, I'm making a first-time commitment to Jesus, and he gave us his information. Now we can follow up with James, which is really cool. Any thoughts, questions, or ideas that you might have, too, that you want somebody to take and be generous in their city? I have a question for you now. Yeah. Um, what's, a, what's a typical percentage that we should expect to pay for online giving, for Texas to give, mm-hmm. for all of these different I found the processing fees per gift for digital giving is pretty standard. You, you're probably going to find the same pretty much wherever you go. But, um, you know, our credit card processing fee is 2.6% for all cards, including American Express. ACH gifts is 0.75%. Is that when they input their bank account and routing number and give that way? And we usually suggest, hey, when you're launching digital giving, that is a great time to do a little bit of educating. Hey, we will take any gift that you want to give us. Keep in mind, if you use your bank account, it's going to increase your gift about 2% to the church. So that's kind of our recommended way of giving. What we think is ideal is, is if you set up a scheduled recurring gift, you set aside your first fruits, you know, and then you grow, you know how much you're going to give, set aside your first fruit, set up a scheduled recurring gift, pulling it from your bank account. That's good for the church and that's good for the giver. And then if they're traveling or they're home with sick kids, which is my situation all the time, they're still able to give to the church. So, yeah, good question. I believe we're pushing closer to 80% now uh, recurring giving, which just makes it so wonderful. Yeah. Because you don't have to worry about stuff. (laughs) Yeah. You have to cancel church because it snowed out. It's not the end of the world. That is a good point. (laughs) Just talking about it forever. Yeah, and, um, and just the hard work hard work so like um you know our our giving envelopes you can put your credit card information on that you can check whether or not you want to make that a recurring gift or not um if you we also have a system now where if if you give the same amount x number of times you're flagged which means like if you give a hundred dollars every time you show up to church maybe it's the third fourth fifth time you've given a hundred dollars well we're gonna we're gonna send you something that says hey we noticed that you've been consistent with this would you like to set up recurring giving um so just little little processes like that that you can put to practice did someone like kindred help you with that or did you guys think of that in-house i i imagine somebody helped us with it we don't think of too much in-house <laughs> if i'm honest yeah Terrible job of talking about how to get. So I appreciate that sure. comment. But we were interviewed, and we don't do text here, and we just do online. Mm. And 
don't know what the percentage is, is the automatic pay, but our monthly giving is probably 7% online giving. That's great. Uh, that's so good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. There's a way that you can pull reports within probably any uh, digital giving platform that you have. We have a, a ton of reports that you can pull. And you can, you can say, you know, on a weekly basis, show me the first-time givers and then send out a thank you note if you wanted to. Or we even have uh, emails that you can that are already pre-created that you can customize and just send them out. It takes you probably 10 minutes, you know. Or you can pull a report, show me um, all the long-time givers, someone who's been giving for X amount of time, and, and send them, you know, a thank you note. So there's, there's a way you can use digital giving to kind of move them along on their giving journey. You know, hey, we have noticed you've been giving us one-time gifts. Would you like to make that a recurring gift? Any new churches, any like first three years churches in the room? So um, I'll just say real quick. Um, so I, I, I started the church, I'm lead pastor. I, I did not manage all the, the money. I, I'm glad that I didn't. I, I, I can see who gives and like what the giving is. And, but um, I, I had somebody doing that from day one, which, which was, was beneficial mm-hmm. for moments of, I remember um, it was a few months in, there was a hurricane. Uh, or a, a tornado that hit some town somewhere uh, in an ark church needed help. And um, I went to our uh, operations pastor and I said, um, hey, I think we should give something. And he said, what were you thinking? Like, you know, maybe like 500. I go, no, 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 that, it has to be at least 1,000. Um, and uh, we only had, I think, $1,200 in the bank. And so we ended up sending, I think, $1,200. Um, and... You know, I forgot about that very quickly because I wasn't the one personally managing the finance. I think had I been the one personally managing the finance, we might not have given that. Yeah. But, uh, but, but our, but our, but uh, the guy who was managing it for us, um, he saw the faith that I had, which was really just ignorance, kind of. Um, but he just. But what was cool about it is I forgot about it in years. I forgot about it, and um, he reminded me um, maybe a year or two ago when when we had hit a pretty significant milestone. I, I think it might have been when we. Two years ago when we had first given a million dollars in 12 months beyond the walls. And, uh, and he pulled me aside. And we, we had hit some other milestone that same week. And, uh, and he said, you know, you, you remember when? I'm like, no. I'm kind of like Greg Stratt. I, I don't remember stuff. And um, he said, uh, remember when, you know, you said we needed to give this and we didn't have any money. And what you actually didn't know is we, we, we had to borrow money for payroll that week we had to borrow money from our cpa our cpa put in money in the account because we didn't have enough but uh, we did that and he's like isn't it crazy that just like what it was like four years five years later we've just given a million dollars now beyond the walls and we're and we have a dream center and we're building this brand new beautiful building and we're like and we're hiring people and i, I just i just want to bring it back to the generous part like Model it, do it. You cannot outgive God. It will amaze you uh, time and time again. You're just going to see that that God, like I don't give to be blessed by God, but but like like a father who like when my kids are just good to me, <laughs> like I just want to be good back. God's always good to us, but there's something that just moves the heart of God. So it's not like give to get, but I'm telling you, you're going to be so blessed, and your church is going to be so blessed if you can do that. And then you know just just share. Here, here's the reason we share is G- Jesus said. Um, let your light shine among men so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So when people say, well, but yeah, but what about don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing? Well, I'll say this. I'm not going to tell you what she gave, and you're not going to know what that family gave. That 
that's the left and the right hand. But as a, as a church, like we need to let our light shine. And if the church doesn't even know, then their families don't know. But when you can put an awesome video together, you show the church and they share that on social media, it's like you are going to have someone say, that's just boasting. It's like, so what? It's, that's what we're supposed to Let your light shine among men that they may see your good deeds and celebrate your Father in heaven. More people are going to be attracted because of the generous heart of your church that you're modeling than the few that are going to be like, that's just boasting. I don't like that church anymore. All they do is talk about what they're doing. It's like, well, then go to a church that doesn't do anything. You don't, you don't have to worry about it, right? It's like, so you just got, you got to balance that though, but n- never, never say like, sir, would you stand up? I just, people need to know you wrote a big check last week. Nobody needs to know that. But celebrate. I, I think Jesus wants us to, to do that. So, sorry, you had a question? Oh, I just wanted to know if this works with Fellowship One. Does yes. Talk to each yes. Other? Okay. So we integrate with basically every church management okay. system available. Fellowship One's one that we have a direct integration, which just basically means your admins, your financial people will be happy to do yes. that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Three minutes. Any other questions, thoughts, ideas? Yes. This is not a kinder. I work for Kendra. This is not a kinder thing. A really practical thing that my home church does. I love that you talked about talking about generosity every single service. Um, next week, my home church will launch its 32nd campus. And at 32 campuses, every single campus pastor ends every service by passing the buckets and saying, if you are a person in serious need of food, clothing, or shelter, if there's cash in the bucket, take it out and meet your need. Let God meet me. Every service. That's cool. Every campus. Every weekend. Jeez, that's awesome. And the generosity has not stopped, but it's grown because... Are you at Seacoast? What's, what church? Um, Life Church. Oh, Life Church. So because of that generosity, we were able to build the Bible app. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Life Church is doing okay. <laughs> so if you really want to know if it works, take money out of the bucket if you need it. I don't know if that's going to work for us. I think it probably will. Yeah, I, I think it's the, the simple, the small things. I think, I think it's just in how we communicate. And if you, if you can get excited about something, you know, one for one might not work for you. It might feel gimmicky to you. It, did, it didn't for us. And if it feels gimmicky for us someday, maybe we won't do it anymore. But it doesn't mean we're not giving it. We'll just find other ways to communicate. You know, if it becomes not effective, then don't do it. But, but try. Just see. We had no idea how we would pay for that. But it was very, it just, it became a non-issue after the first week. I think your congregation sees that you are holding money like this. You know, yes. the one-to-one. And, and you know, first-time givers are looking for, or first-time attenders are looking for a reason to be, to be dissatisfied. Yeah. And so many people say, you had me when you said, mm-hmm. you can take money out. Mm-hmm. And I came back and you said the next week. And I came back and you just kept saying, like, they latch on to those moments that aren't typical church things. That's really cool. Um, so the, you know. Because you're giving to a, a food bank that has nothing to do with your church. Yeah. That's not normal. Yeah. Right. In a good way. Yeah. yeah. And people, people have been, people get upset about that too. You know, it's like, why would you give to a non-Christian organization? Yeah. Well, what's really cool, what's really cool is we, um, we were approached by a developer in our city who's working with that non-Christian organization um, that, that essentially said the city wants us to use this land. And um, if we build a building here that would be able to feed hundreds of people, what other things would you like that building to accomplish? If you run it, we'll build it. And-